even if you're not a legend in your own mind. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Rams might be the team in the National Football League right now. Just overall, the, from Cooper Cup to Matthew Stafford, to, people should just quit when they got to block Aaron Donald. Just quit. Tell him y'all going to give him some extra money to just stand there. Because he's, he's so disruptive. That's my biggest takeaway is the Rams might be the team of choice in the NFL. GJ and Max, mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM. KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Whoa, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, George. We'll get back to the phone lines here at the bottom of the hour. Eric Alexander will join us. We'll talk NFL with him. Of course, as he was a world champion with the New England Patriots and a national champion with LSU. So we'll talk a little. I'll get his thoughts on the Chip Kelly video with Walker Howard. Can't let it go. Anyway, our thanks to Fletcher McAl, who's chimed in. I asked him, should the Pels be buyers or sellers? Uh, our next guest, Schmidt Dua will join us to talk a little bit about that here as well. This has been an interesting morning at Fear the Browns, the way to follow him over on Twitter. And, you know, the lead writer at Bourbon Street Shots, Schmidt. Good afternoon uh, to you, sir. How are you? Hey, good afternoon, Gus. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic <laughs> because I don't know what to think of this Pelicans team, but I'm trying to keep it positive, right? So, Schmidt, right. I, I look at it from a handful of ways, and I saw it was your tweet um, on – the report earlier today that the Pels could be buyers or looking to possibly be buyers from Jake Fisher and Jackson Hayes being available and all. And your, your, you know, face emojis are kind of around me too. I I don't know. Like I could be like, there's a certain budget, I guess I would look at to be a buyer. Obviously you want to get some scoring. Sure. You'd like to get some wins at the same time. Is it really that bad to be picking top three? I don't know. Where, where am I with this team, man? So I, I, I think this team is at a pretty confusing crossroads because they have these talented players who are not exactly young anymore. They're kind of in their prime uh, in Brandon Ingram, in, in Jonas Valanciunas, and these guys are ready to compete. They're ready to compete at a high level. Jonas has been a high-level competitor for, for a while, and Brandon Ingram still hasn't made the playoffs. I think he's very much level to that. However, the reality of this team is that they are last in the Western Conference, and they are bottom three teams in the whole league, right? And they're routinely dropping games to other bottom three that they've lost to Oklahoma City. I know they've lost to Minnesota. They just lost to the Rockets, and they lost to the I mean, this is a team that hasn't been consistent, and so if you have the opportunity to steer yourself into a top three pick, I just don't see why you would relinquish that because I think that top three pick is going to be your pathway to an impactful player, whether you pick someone in the draft or you're using the asset value of that pick to go trade for someone that's really going to turn your franchise around. I mean, if Zion uh, isn't going to play this season, I mean, even if he comes back in the last 20 or so games, this is not going to be a good team. And in my opinion, it's time to kind of look at yourself honestly and see where you're at as a as an organization and make the decision to kind of not spend additional assets to increase your your team's like win total around the mark. Just to try to make a push for the play in that you'll most likely if you want to spend assets, in my opinion, you go all the way, right? You overpay, you're okay losing uh, a deal, you're okay looking like you made a bad transaction because you got an all star level player. So maybe someone like Aaron Fox. Maybe um, there's someone in Indiana, or maybe there's a three-team trade that that can happen. But like, I'm looking at all-star level players who are under contract for a while and are going to be a part of your team for for long term. If you want to be a buyer, don't just window shop. Don't just buy things that are on sale. Buy the premium. Interesting point. Um, Because I'm looking at, do I go like for a guy like Buddy Heels, who's who seemed to has always been on the market there. 
with Sacramento because I look at the Pels and what is it I'm trying to buy? And I think it's scoring, right? It's guard play, Schmidt. If I'm buying, is that what I'm looking at? Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not a big fan of spending assets for Buddy. I think there's been multiple opportunities where the Pelicans could have had a guy like Buddy uh, in the, in the offseason without spending much in the way of picks or, or assets. Good point. Um, so if they want to, you know, just split some salary for, for salary, okay, maybe, maybe you know, he's a better fit than someone else. But if, if they want to spend, like, a first-round pick for him, I think I am not – those are the exact kind of moves I'm advocating people not make. Because I just think that that puts you in the cycle of inconsistency where you're continually spending for uh, middle-tier players who aren't needle movers on their own. They require a bunch of things to go well. And and that you just keep repeating the same. I was going to say that we're kind of still in that same situation, still looking for consistent guard plays, still looking from scoring at that position as well. Why, why can't this team get this right? You know, it's been unfortunate. They they put a lot of resources into that position with uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Harris Lewis. Um, and those were kind of the people they hoped would take them into the, the future after relinquishing Lonzo Ball. I think that was kind of the plan. And unfortunately, as Cairo was bringing along um, a set of productive games, mm-hmm. he got hurt. And then Nikhil after, you know, a pretty good preseason and, like, a, a good opening night, um, he has been very interesting. And so when, you, when you've invested this much in the way of assets uh, and draft picks into those young players that are not panning out, it really sets you back and it kind of underscores the importance of, of nailing whoever you pick in the draft. And, and to that point, you know, they deserve credit for taking Burke Jones because he's been absolutely yeah, he's been uh, fantastic, no doubt about that. Is there also another element to it's hard to decide if I want to buy and sell or what direction I really want to go because I don't know how this group kind of plays with Zion. Like, does Zion getting on the court perhaps help the guards be able to knock down shots, get better shots? I, I guess I, I'm not so willing, Schmidt, to say yes quickly because a lot of the shots that they're missing are open shots. Yeah, no, I mean, I I agree. I think Zion's going to change that dynamic completely, and so it's going to be really nice to get him back on the court. But sure. I just, I think at this stage you can't make decisions operating as if Zion is on the team. And so you have to make a team that's able to survive without him um, because it's uncertain what his future is going to be. And so – and that also just because, you know, him being on the court is going to make everyone else's job easier is another reason why I would spend assets right now for kind of like middle-of-the-road role players who mm-hmm. um, can't necessarily carry a team on their own. And so I want I want the real team. You know, someone like De'Aaron Fox, like I mentioned, and then Schmidt, will we see Zion, in your opinion, this season? I am doubtful at this rate, so I'm going to leave it at that. I am doubtful. Yeah, I I spoke with Fletcher last hour, and he's like, look, he's here in two to four weeks. And then that's to get him to where he can, like, work out and get in the basketball shape. That's at least two weeks, huh, Schmidt? So, I mean, you're, you're looking at mid to late January, early February. Right. I think if that's the case, then we'll probably see him. But if it's one of those things where, you know, his delay keeps on getting returned because they're not happy with how the scans have turned out, um, you know, I think there's got to be a threshold that they have to define, which they are comfortable acknowledging mm-hmm. that he's just going to take the rest of the season out there. It's not going Yeah, that's a, uh, it's a very good three or risk, you know. I mean, you know, the bonus is your draft pick gets better, but that's obviously right. not what you're That's never something the organizations can outright come to say, like, oh, we don't want to risk the, the, the draft pick getting worse. Um, but <laughs> it has to be a consideration to be able Sure. Schmidt, uh, when you look at that report from Jake, though, it says that Jackson Hayes could possibly be made available. I, I think I've asked you this before and others that covered the team. What, what is Jackson Hayes going to be known for? Like, what what is his game? Is it shot blocker? Is it going to be paint score? I mean, what what is it that he's supposed to do best, you know, that, that defines him as a player? And I think that's part of the problem and reason why he's in Birmingham. I don't think you can take Hernan Gomez off the floor for him and, Probably why he's available right now. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you have to be – you have to find a way to get him consistent touches in the pick and roll, mm-hmm. um, and you need a good guard to make that happen. And that's kind of been – I don't think a guy like Buddy Heald is the person that makes that happen. Um, but, again, I keep bringing back the Aaron Fox. So the world, yeah. World, you know, someone that can really operate in the pick and roll, all those things, I think, are what's going to – um, unlock Jackson Hayes if he's going to be any part of the future. Mm-hmm. You got to increase the guard play around him. You got to make sure there's someone that can suck in the defense um, as a credible threat, and then he's able to play off that attention that other person generates. And that's part of what um, over the back half of last year when Zion was doing point Zion things with the team. And so um, there, there needs to be more of that. And you know, when Zion comes back, he'll he'll get. Um, he'll get some of those same looks and he'll be in the jumper spot. Let me ask you about Brandon Ingram. The last seven games, he's been a, a bit of a tear here, shooting really well from beyond the arc. The free throw line's, what, 80%. He's knocking down a ton of shots. And he seems to be kind of trying to be more of that all-around player that we had maybe sort of hoped to be. Um, you know, putting up some nice numbers in the assists category, in the rebound category. Is that the growth that we need to see from Brandon Ingram to the point where right now, I mean, this is his team, right? Like, like, like you said earlier, I can't wait and depend on when I'm seeing Zion. This year, this team, it's Brandon Ingram's team. Yes, I and, and credit to him, he's been putting more of an effort on defense. He's been making those rotations on a nightly basis. He's been uh, playmaking. He's really taking the playmaking up. I think Andrew Lopez talked about how um, Willie Green kind of pulled him aside. They had this, like, private conversation. And and since then, Brandon's been on a tear. And so I think part of it was him getting healthy from his hip injury. And part of it is that there's this understanding that, like, hey, we're missing a critical piece of our offense. And it falls to him as the team's best player to sort of make up that role and, and make everyone else's job easier. So tomorrow night, they take on Oklahoma City. <laughs> Submit. <laughs> Another team that's uh, has been struggling to win there a little bit. Uh, I, I need some consistency, right? I mean, what do you want to see from this team at least the rest of this month? I would like a commitment to keep playing some of the younger players so they can get um, reps. You know, I don't want them playing 30, 35 minutes a game, mm-hmm. but, you know, get them back in the rotation. Get Trey Murphy some of those touches. Get Jackson A some looks when you can. Um you know, I would like a commitment to that first and foremost. Secondly, I think it's got to start um, – it's got to continue on the defensive end. They've been much better on the defensive end as, right. as of late than they were in, uh, in the early part of the year. And I think those defensive opportunities are really going to what um, make their offense better because uh, right now their offense struggles um, in the half court. And so if they're able to get stops and they're able to run on uh, other teams, be a little bit more transition-oriented, I think they'll get higher quality looks on offense um, maybe even turn the ball less over because they just don't have that kind of ball handling right now from the guard spot uh, to really attack in the half court. So I think it starts on the defensive end, and then that should trickle down to the offensive end. Shaman, as always, appreciate the time, sir. Thank you for joining us on the show today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Gus. Yeah, for sure. Schmidt Dua at Fear the Browns, the way to follow him over on Twitter, which you probably already are. But he's the lead right over there at Bourbon Street Shots, and if you're not, shame on you. Go give a follow. Good analysis as well. We come back, Eric Alexander, world champion, national champion for your LSU Fighting Tigers. His thoughts on the Chip Kelly Walker Howard video. And we'll talk NFL. Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Teaming up to create a healthier community, Coastal Broadcasting and Thibodeau Regional Medical Center present Health Watch. Just as you put fuel in your car to drive from point A to point B, you need to put fuel in the form of food in your body to achieve peak performance. Good nutrition leads to increased recovery, high concentration, high confidence, and ultimately high performance. The first tip to good sports nutrition is increasing the number of times you eat per day. An example of a well-balanced day would include breakfast, a mid-morning snack, lunch, pre-practice snack, recovery snack, dinner, and an optional nighttime snack. 
This is helpful because the athlete may experience an increase in stabilized metabolism, maintain level blood sugars, receive constant energy and nutrients to muscles, prevent late night overeating, and ensure adequate calories throughout the day. Breakfast is your kickstart for the day to maintain focus, return blood sugars to normal, and be your best as early as possible. Some good breakfast foods may be a smoothie, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, apple slices with peanut butter, waffle with fresh fruit, egg and turkey sausage, or yogurt. Lunch sustains metabolism, stabilizes blood sugar, and assists in meeting caloric goals. Some good lunch options may be peanut butter sandwich, turkey club sandwich, grilled chicken salad, ham and cheese wrap, or grilled tuna with vegetables. Snacks fuel your body, provide energy before workout, keeps you focused all day, maintains stable blood sugar, and keeps you from overeating at any given meal. Some good snacks may be roasted nuts, cracker and pretzel mix, bananas, peanut butter, or yogurt with fresh fruit. Snacks play an important role in recovering nutrition, which means the body needs to refuel energy stores with carbohydrates, repair and rebuild muscle tissue with proteins, and rehydrate with water and electrolytes. Timing is everything when it comes to your recovery snack, so be sure to refuel your body within 30 to 60 minutes post-workout, practice, or game. If you have questions about nutrition before activity, snacks play an important role in recovering nutrition, which means the body needs to refuel energy stores with carbohydrates, repair and rebuild muscle tissue with proteins, and rehydrate with water and electrolytes. Please call the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional at 985-493-4502 or visit us at Thibodeau.com. 985-493-4502 or visit us at Thibodeau.com. Health Watch is a presentation of Coastal Broadcasting and Thibodeau Regional Medical Center. For more information on the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional, call 985-493-4502 or visit Thibodeau.com. Call 985-493-4502 or visit Thibodeau.com. I rescued Toast from a shelter in 2011. I love Toast because she's a lazy diva. She's sleeping right now. She's so loving. She's so comforting. When I walked into the shelter, I knew right then that she was special. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Tuesday, around this time, we like to speak. Mr. Eric Alexander, national champion with your Tigers and world champion with the New England Patriots. We can talk college and NFL because, you know, he played in both. Sir, good afternoon to you, man. How are you? I'm doing good, Gus. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. We got a... um, a handful of topics here I want to get with you and get your opinion on. So let's kind of start with, obviously, the Saints are playing the Bucks this Sunday. We'll get to see Tom Brady again this way. It's interesting that he's struggled against the Saints, thrown an interception every game that he's played against them since he's come over from Tampa. And the discussion this week after his team, the Bucks, and the Packers won with Aaron Rodgers is, who is the MVP? So when you look at their seasons this year, both 10-3, and three, Who's the MVP? I mean, it's it, it's tough. I mean, I know a lot of people would say, you know, since Tom was my teammate for a few years in, in New England, I have uh, some bias. But I kind of have to look at um, the the team around the player, right? I know, I know the you can, there's an argument for both, right? Brady's 44 and he's still doing doing great things, right? But I look at the players that he has to be able to throw the ball to the weapons right. that he has. I don't know if I could say the same uh, for uh, for Rodgers up in up in Green Bay. I mean, yeah, he has Devontae Adams. He has a decent, uh, you know, running game with uh, with Jones. But outside of, of those two, um, clearly Tom has more weapons, right? Right. Um, so I, I, I think it's – it's it's impressive what both guys are are doing um, because they're they're really performing at a, a very high level. But I think you would some would probably give the edge to to Rodgers just with the cast of, of of players that he that he has to work with. 
That's incredible. Tom Brady, 4,134 yards this season. Rodgers, 3,219. Another stat that stood out to me between the two touchdowns, Tom, 36, Rodgers, 27. But I'm looking at the completions of 20-plus or 40-plus. Brady, 20-plus completions, 20 yards or more completions. Eric, he has 56. Rodgers, 44. 40 yard or more completions. Tom eight, Rogers 10. It's nuts, man. When you look at both guys are just slinging it all over the field. Yeah. I mean, they're doing some remarkable things right now. Um, like I said, I think because of how many weapons that, uh, Tampa Bay has, I think that definitely helps them be able to have, you know, you said he has, he kind of has a whole lot more twenty yard twenty yard plays right. than um, than Rogers, and I just think it's because he can spread the ball down to so many different people. You got right. Gronk, uh, you know, you you got Gronk going down the seam. Obviously, you got Antonio Brown when when he's uh, not faking uh, uh, his vaccination cards <laughs> out there. You got you got you know you got Goodwin, you got Godwin out yeah. there who's 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 a, who's a threat, and we haven't even talked about Evans. So. I mean, he just has countless weapons, and then, and then the way that they've used their running backs, and particularly uh, Leonard Fournette in the past mm-hmm. game this year, something that is is kind of new to 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 what Tampa Bay has has been doing, and especially new for Leonard. He wasn't always known as as a pass catcher out of the backfield, but he's definitely um, stepped up his game and and and, and increased his value, you know, with what he has been doing as a receiver this year out of the backfield. He has 421 yards receiving, uh, Fournette does. Godwin, to your point, a thousand yard receiver. Evans, 885. He'll be at a thousand yards. Gronk, 498. And oh, by the way, Leonard Fournette, 778 yards. Very good chance he'll be a thousand yard rusher as well. So but that's a loaded team, man. Uh, there's no doubt about it when, when you look at those two. The, did the Rams win over the Cardinals yesterday? Make you think maybe LA has a shot and maybe winning the NFC. Yeah, man, it, it's this year is it's. It, I feel like it's anybody's game. It's, it's anybody's chance to win the Super Bowl. I mean, I think it's so wide open. Like you know, for example, I mean, L- L.A. can go and beat Tampa, but then you know they'll lose some lesser opponent the next week. So it's like who knows what's going to happen. It's like it's just like what team is is heating up, heating up at the right time, and what team ex- executes the best and makes the most plays on any given. Sunday or, or, or Monday, right. because we, as, as we all know here it, with the Saints, I mean, you can easily drop an egg if you not, if you don't come ready to play a la New York Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course they have a chance. I mean, they, they got a great offense. They got a great defense. They got a good quarterback who, you know, in Stafford, which people were saying, you know, the, the quarterback is a position that, that has, kind of kept them from reaching the heights that they've wanted to reach, uh, you know, since, since McVay has been over there in L.A. So um, they definitely have the talent around uh, Stafford on offense, and, and we know what that defense can do. So they most certainly have a chance. But I, like I said, they got to show up and play, um, you know, every Sunday. Speaking with Eric Alexander at EA underscore LSU Tiger, part of LSU Game Day Live, won a natty. With the Tigers and a world champion with the Patriots, so this ought to put a smile on your face. The Patriots, the top seed right now in the AFC at nine and four. They've won seven straight, seven and one in the conference. Eric, they're six and zero away from Foxborough as well. That's why right now I, I, I'd have a hard time saying I'm not favoring them to at least be in the AFC championship game. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I, I think they still have a couple of. Um, a couple more things, things to prove for me. Um, I, you know, I look at some of those wins that were on the road. I mean, you know, they, they went to, to, to Tennessee and played a, a, a team that was, you know, without their starting uh, running back, beat up on Carolina, beat Atlanta. Um, you know, all those games were away. Um, you know, you played that weird game in, in Buffalo last Monday, which – Trust me, that was a great, that was a hell of a win. That was a great, you know, one of the, probably the greatest coaching jobs I've ever seen from Bill Belichick. Um, 
I, I think these next two games are really going to tell us, um, you know, what team we have in New England Patriots. I think they go to Indianapolis next, and then they turn around and play Buffalo that next week at home. So, I, you know, I, you never want to pull against them because, Bill, I feel like they right. always find some way to, 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 to get an edge and come right. out on top. Um but I want to see what they do against Indianapolis and then the rematch against the Bills before – I mean, well, the season is over by then. But I want to oh, – I kind of want to see those two games to 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 give my um, my impression on whether or not this team will be an AFC Championship game. Eric, I think one of the things that being on that side of the football you can maybe give us here as well is how does Aaron Donald continually – just impact the game. I mean, like, you know he's there, right? I mean, you're getting however many blocks around. It's like he ends the game yesterday with the play. Micah Parsons in Dallas is having a really good year. Some people are calling him the best linebacker since LT to come in there. He says the NFL's easy for him, man. You got one guy has been doing it for a while, one guy that just started. Your impressions on both? Yeah, Micah Parsons being a rookie and, and doing what, what he's done so far, it's it's really amazing, and, and you can tell. He, he said it's easy for him. It looks it looks easy for him. It looks like he's been there before. <laughs> you don't really you don't really see that every day. You know, right. uh, you don't you don't see that every day from from rookie from rookie linebackers. But I mean, he, he has it all, and, and it starts with with his speed. You know, he he can run with receivers. He's one of the fastest players on that team. So that so that helps. Uh, that certainly helps, and uh, he can he can he can rush. He can cover. Um, and he can play the run. So, I mean, he's a total, total package. Um, he could do it all, but he could do it all at a, at a high level. And I mean, and Aaron Donald, he's, you know, he's, he's just somebody, you know, that size and, and that explosive. And I mean, he's, he's been, he's been doing it for so long and he, he, he's seen a double team. He's, he's seen the triple teams, but he seems to always find a way to impact the game and make, make big plays. Um, he's tough to block just. You know, it's just amazing that, that he's able, he's been able to do what he's done uh, for for these years. But yeah, definitely, definitely in the running for for defensive players of the year for sure. We'll wrap up with this final topic, sir. Since uh, he's probably somebody you talked about very often over at LSU Game Day Live, and we'll be here getting shortly as uh, the bowl games coming up. The final time we'll be talking about the Tigers this season. But, look, for the Saints, they have an LSU linebacker, Quan Alexander, two sacks this past week. Patrick Queen's doing pretty good over there in Baltimore. We've seen Jones in Atlanta. Devin White with Tampa is going to, you know, probably wreak havoc this week on Sunday. He's been pretty good here as well. Damone Clark, sir, is probably somebody you talked about a lot this season. He was just named to second-team All-America by the Sporting News. Number two nationally in tackles with 135. And... He was the SEC Defensive Player of the Week a couple times this year, but more importantly, he's joining the names uh, like Devin White and Jacob Phillips as leading the SEC in tackles in four years. I mean, is this the next big-time sort of backer here in the NFL that's going to be wreaking havoc on Sundays? And and really, should we start thinking of linebacker as a position that LSU's churning out here? LBU, huh? Yeah, LBU. Yeah, I, you know it's it's um, he's done uh, an incredible job, especially from where he was the previous year under the under uh, Bo Pelini. I mean, he we we talked about him last year, but it was it was most times it was negatively because of something he wasn't doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy who really dedicated himself to to making him. Uh, an improvement, and, and it really showed this year on the field. He was uh, all of the field, um, making making plays. You know, all he 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 was in, in games where you know LSU was, was out of it. He you would always see him still running to the ball, still trying to make a play. So he definitely made himself the money in draft stock uh, this year. Just. By being active, and you can tell that it, it meant something to him. It meant something right. to him to be able to, you know, study in the film rooms, know where to go and where to be, and and, and how to make these plays. So, um, yeah, he's he definitely improved. I mean, you know, we, we talked about you know Devin White, Patrick Queen, but I mean, Quan Alexander, Deion 
beyond your own. I mean, yeah. they, we've, uh, they, you know, historically every, you know, every once in a while you'll, you'll, you'll get, you know, some, some backers, uh, who play at a very high level, uh, at LSU, Perry Riley being one of them, Ke- Kelvin Shepard, another one drafted in the third round, Kevin Minter playing for, um, uh, we got drafted by Arizona, but he's playing out in Tampa now. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it They'll, you know, we'll always, LSU will always have their linebackers that, you know, will stand out because if it's LSU. I mean, if you, we can go back even before that. You say Brady James. I mean, that was 20 years ago, but Brady yeah. James, who had a very long career uh, in the NFL with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think Damone Clark will just be right there with him. I mean, and, and don't forget about uh, Michael Baskerville, too. He had an incredible year as well. I mean, he, he was another one who made drastic improvement um, from last year to this year, and I expect him to be drafted drafted, drafted as well. I mean, he had an incredible year. So coaching matters, Eric. <laughs> coaching matters. And at the end of the day, too, man, those players wanting to be better and putting in the work. And as you mentioned, him uh, doing that in this offseason and getting better, man, 19 tackles against Ole Miss. What was the most tackles you ever got in a game? Uh, I think twelve, maybe. Okay. I got stand in the AFC Championship game in oh uh, seven, oh seven, oh six. One of them, I don't remember. There you go. That that helped get that Super Bowl ring, didn't it? <laughs> Actually, we ended up losing AFC Championship game yeah, that year. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, I know. Yeah, and yeah. uh, the Colts ended up playing the Bears that year and winning. Uh, and I think the Bears beat the Saints that year. 06, yeah, that's right, yeah. Yep, yep. played in 07, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But you eventually got that ring, so that's good. Yeah, I did. National champ, world champ, Eric Alexander. We're going to be talking to him on Tuesdays as uh, we get closer to the bowl game. More importantly, too, now I didn't get to it just yet. We'll touch on next week because there apparently is a report out there. LSU's trying to work with the NCAA to see if Nussmeyer can play and not lose his red shirt, which is interesting, oh, too, because... Well, Eric, they have no quarterback. Can you throw the football? You want to go? Can you, do you have any eligibility? Well, no, I, I good. I, I, I'm glad. I hope, I hope it happens. Yeah, I, I'm with you as well. Um, if not, it'd be hard to play that game, right? Thank you, man. Appreciate your time, sir. All right, brother. Take care. For sure. We'll talk again next Tuesday at EA underscore LSU Tiger. Mr. Eric Alexander coming up. Phone lines back open. If you want to chime into the conversation with anything that we have hit on, it's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. holidays from Greg LeBlanc Toyota. It's a festive time of year and you can celebrate with fresh new inventory arriving daily. There's great holiday deals at Greg LeBlanc. Amazing stocking stuffers like keys to the all new redesigned 2022 Tundra. It may be cold outside but these holiday deals are red hot and won't last long. Greg LeBlanc Toyota, South Hollywood Road in Homa or online at GregLeBlancToyota.com. Santa may have the sleigh but Greg's got the holiday deals. Shop now. For more than two decades, Reed's Metals has been providing metal roofing, steel buildings, and all the accessories for customers to buy direct and save. Reed's Metals specializes in on-job, sight-standing seam in over 20 colors, plus 26 and 29 gauge AZ-50 and AZ-55 Gavalume, backed by a 45-year written paint warranty and a 25-year warranty on acrylic-coated Gavalume. Buy direct and save Reed's Metals, located at 19 East Lincoln Drive, Northeast Brookhaven, or call 601-823-6516, online at reedsmetals.com. Welcome to AutoZone. Uh, Dashboard light problems? We can help. Our free fix finder service can read your check engine light, ABS light, and service indicator light, and give you possible solutions, verified by licensed technicians. You'll even get detailed results sent straight to your email so you have them when you need it most. It's the most complete free warning light report backed by technician verified fixes. The free fix finder service, only at AutoZone. Get in zone, More details at AutoZone.com. 5G is here, but the big carriers want you to sign a pricey long-term contract to get in on the action. Well, no more, because Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide with plans starting at just $35 a month with no contract. And get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299, all on America's best networks. 5G coverage, 5G phones, less money. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. 5G capable device required, actual availability, coverage, and speed may be... 
He's back. He's like the thing that wouldn't shut up. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosted Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. If you're just joining us, waiting for Matt Moscone after further review. Got to give you a little recap of what we've been chatting about today. We had Luke Johnson on earlier to talk about the New Orleans Saints. As head coach Sean Payton spoke a little bit yesterday on getting a lot of players back. COVID numbers going up around the league were the things they was trying to do. And, you know, quite honestly, I think it's such an honest response on um, on that. Hey, you cross your fingers each day, you know, when they come in. Um, we've seen it all. I mean, last year, one in the morning, waiting to find out if we had a pullback and then we saw, you know, what happened to Denver and then our Carolina game. And um, <clears throat> hopefully the league ourselves and everyone's, you know, kind of on the on the right half of the dial where it's going to gradually um, decrease, but certainly it, it hadn't gone away. Jarvis Landry among eight Browns that were placed on the COVID list today. To give you an idea of the amount of players that have been put in as – Adam Schefter said earlier today that's or yesterday that it's the most COVID positives the NFL has had in in a week period so far. So that's kind of going around, and you heard Sean Payton. You know, it is kind of what it is as far as the protocol changing. He's like, look, they're they're fine with their bubble. They think it's just about people going outside of that bubble per se. Coach Payton also touched on being an 11-point underdog to the Buccaneers. Honestly, I wouldn't. There's certain times, I, I, it's a great question, but I think that each week there's reasons. I don't, I don't know that we all pay close attention anymore to, like, who's the favorite, who's the underdog. or uh, you, you know, I mean, you get a flavor during the week as to, hey, we know we're playing a good team. We're playing the team just won the Super Bowl. and It's playing outstanding and playing very well at home. And, you know, it's always been – Veteran battles, but um, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I'm pretty sure that's something that I'm not going to bring up. Like, hey, guys, we're you know, no one's respecting us. I mean, part of that is you know how we played recently and the injuries we've had, and there's a number of things. And so I don't. I don't see that. Um, I don't see that being a factor in how we prepare both. You know, for the game mentally and. It's a division game that's significant. Sure, he's not going to use that. I'm not buying that at all. By the way, he caught a touchdown pass last night, and he's tested positive for COVID-19. Wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. has tested positive for COVID-19 and is being placed on the COVID list. Also, Adam Schefter, 55 minutes ago, due to COVID, the Rams have closed their training facility and have entered the NFL's intensive protocols. So, obviously, he played last night against the Cardinals, caught a pass in the end zone. Uh, the Rams now five players on the list. Jalen Ramsey, Tyler Higby, Daryl Henderson Jr., Rob Havstein, and Dante Dion. And then now um, Odell Beckham Jr., so six players. Hmm. Interesting. And also, Schefter putting out there that if the Rams lose games because of unvaccinated players getting COVID, remember, you're responsible for making up the losses, and it's a forfeit if those players are unvaccinated. So that's something to kind of keep an eye on. Obviously, what's going on. And that aspect of it is why Coach talked about it yesterday. A ton of teams reporting positive COVID tests yesterday. Um, Eric McCoy also spoke yesterday afternoon, and he was asked about the flight home, which I thought was interesting. Uh, what was it like? Obviously, snapping a five-game losing streak. Eric? Yeah, man, it just felt good. Um, I mean, I went to sleep. <laughs> But, you know, I heard the guys uh, talking and laughing, and uh, it was just overall a good environment and a good place to be in. So we're looking to carry that into another week. There we go. It's just nice and relaxed, and you normally are, right, with a couple of victories here. Uh, he was also asked about this, though. Is it something that's being discussed, the playoff picture? I have absolutely no clue. Um, I'm kind of a guy that just takes it one game at a time, one week at a time, and just kind of focus on that and not the, the huge picture. 
I can buy that to an extent. And again, it's all about the process. Demario Davis touched on it after the game as well. Just stay focused, worry about this week and try to do that. But in that locker room, they know. I mean, it, well, they knew this aspect of it. As you heard a couple of players last week going into it, we played the sound bites on Friday, that they thought that this game was going to determine whether or not they're going to be in the playoff hunt or not. And that's open and honest. They know. They know for sure. Obviously, having Teron Armstead back, you heard Sean Payton earlier in the show and play that sound by it goes, look, that's obvious. I mean, how the impact that he brings is huge. McCoy on it. I think it was huge. Um, you know, he's a leader of the whole line. He brings um, a physicality and a leading voice that, um, you know, is kind of unmatched. So it was great having him back. We touched on this as well when we spoke with Karen Loftus in Tampa Bay that and Luke Johnson, can the Saints sustain the run game? It's it's going to be what you 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 need to win. I mean, I at some point we we're going to stop saying, "Well, this is the week Callaway and uh, Traquan Smith become that." It's just it is what it is, and especially in this week, Tampa Bay's got the players. They got a good defense. They got a really good pair of linebackers, including, of course, Devin White. Can they continue to use the run game to be successful and win games? That's the key. McCoy. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're hoping for. Um, it's definitely nice when you can have the run game going like we had it going yesterday. Um, you know, we just got to come in every day with our head on, go to work, pay attention to the details. Um Try to carry it over week to week. All right. As far as the other side of the football, Marcus Davenport, he was big coming back as well. Sean Payton was very happy that he got a hold of him. Laquan Alexander was um, one, one of the sacks that Quan had was following in an absolute interstate with gap that Davenport <laughs> provided by destroying an offensive lineman. <laughs> that bull rush, by the way. You know, sometimes it's call play. Sometimes it's a kind of set mindset. That one it was just, uh, you know, kind of one of those plays where, it, you know, it's kind of my job. So, I love that. And he was asked, "What exactly was your job later on in the interview?" He goes, "Run people over." There you go. Marcus Davenport was also asked, "How weird was it to because he was playing the left end position?" And I know this season you've seen Cam Jordan be on the right end, left end, <clears throat> but just not having him because of COVID. What was that like? Weird. Um, I you know, I texted him before. He sent me a message, and I didn't see it till after the game. But uh, it was definitely weird. You know, it was just you, you didn't feel the exact same presence. You knew something was missing. So, uh, you know, we're looking forward to getting him back whenever that is. No doubt. Hopefully it is this week, and we will get a better update, of course, tomorrow when the team is set to be back into the facility. Now, Davenport also touched on, look, you snapped the five-game losing streak. Could this be maybe perhaps the start of turning things around and playing better football? I know we needed a win, and um, it's one of those things where even even though we got the win, we you know we still weren't where we wanted to be, and it was just only a step in the right direction. So uh, I know it's only helping us. And of course, he's asked, Sunday, Tampa Bay. Thoughts? Um, it's going to be a different kind of game. You know, we watched them uh, versus the Bills and, uh, over the last couple of weeks. And um, it's going to be a good game, you know, that we can obviously tell. And uh, shoot, we'll see from there. 36-27, the game for the beginning of the season. We'll wrap things up when we come back. Plus, an interesting name that I'm going to throw out there at quarterback that maybe you haven't thought about that I'll just pose to you Saints fans out there. What about him as your quarterback next season? I'll do that next on ESPN New Orleans. This Black and Gold Report is brought to you by Ashley Barrios and Cutoff. State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. See Ashley today for all of your insurance needs. Monday, November 1st was the last time the Saints started a work week coming off of a win. 
So needless to say, the 30-9 to victory against the Jets felt great. Saints quarterback Taysom Hill. This has been a tough stretch for this team, and it's been a foreign thing having losing so many games. And I think we, we've had great leadership that have really just kept our heads down, and we got to stay the course, and we're going to start winning football games, and that's what we did, and it's nice to get this win. A key in staying positive, says linebacker Demario Davis, is to stay the course. We've had some challenging weeks not being able to get the result that we wanted on the field, but, you know, we just stay true to the process. What you do, you lock in on your details. How can you get better as an individual? How can you bring, you know, your best, you know, come Sunday? You know, eventually it'll pay off for you, and, and it did today. And so uh, we'll take that one and, you know, flush it, enjoy it, then flush it, then get on to the next. Fellow linebacker Quan Alexander adds the belief they could win every week, never wavered. And we just came together as a team, you know. We started with practice at the beginning of the week, had a legendary week. You know, all the hard stuff was during the week, and then we came out. On Sunday, you know, got a dub, and we're getting ready for next week. We're ready. New Orleans is at Tampa Bay Sunday night, 720 kickoff, where the Bucks are 11-point favorites. For more on the Black and Gold, keep it here on ESPN New Orleans. This Black and Gold report has been brought to you by Ashley Barry Austin Cutoff. State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. See Ashley today for all of your insurance needs. I was surprised. I was definitely surprised. Yep, we had no idea. Totally surprised. Um, can you say jaw drop? Who knew? State Farm with these great rates? The surprise everyone's talking about is the surprisingly great rates for home and auto insurance from State Farm, especially when you combine them. When you want the real deal, call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today. 985-632-0988. Offshore workers are among the most important members of the Gulf Coast workforce. When a person working offshore or on a vessel is injured, the effects on their family can be devastating. At The King Firm, we are proud to have experience with these types of cases and make it a priority to see that our clients receive just compensation and are treated fairly. If you've been injured, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. Ring The King at 504-909-KING or 888-241-8766. That man's got some stones. Believe me, he is no wood. His legend lives on. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. So continuing with Marcus Davenport here, he was asked about the key to success against Tampa, the stats you'll be reminded of several times this week, picks in every game, and just hasn't had the type of success he's had against other teams, Tom Brady, since coming over the Tampa Bay against the Saints specifically. Turnovers. All right, this last game, 36-27 was the final. Three turnovers, 11 penalties, mistake riddled. The Bucks were. Saints causing a lot of that, though, on the defensive side of things. Davenport was asked, can, can he point to a blueprint or a key why they've had success against Tampa? I don't know. I, I wouldn't say there's a specific recipe. Uh, I think for the most part, it's just how we handle business, especially throughout that year. So, um, like this year, we're just trying to get back on that track of um, following our details. So, I think if we follow back to our details, uh, we'll be pretty fine. Obviously, his head coach in college was Frank Wilson, so he was asked about Frank coming back to Baton Rouge and his thoughts on that. I'm happy for him. Happy that he's close. I I told him, well, I didn't tell him, but I told somebody else that left to the LSU that I got to come down there and see them. You know, definitely good, and I got to go uh, give him a big hug. So one of the things we discussed here, if you're just joining us earlier in the show, we had Fletcher Mack will give kind of his opinion and take on it as well. Todd McShay released... His mock draft 1.0. I know it's December 14th, but he released his mock draft 1.0. The college season's over. So, um, I've been telling you that, what was it, last two Sundays ago, the show NFL Countdown had a, a, a whole package on how there likely will not be a quarterback selected in the top 10 picks. Now, again, that could change. If a team really wants a quarterback, they move up. It may be the willing partner, maybe at eight and seven or nine or whatever. So he may be the point being that this isn't that type of quarterback class where three of the first five or, you know, four of the first 10, three of the first seven are going to be quarterbacks. They're not Hutchinson from Michigan. The defensive end is what McShay has right now. Number one overall, by the way, Derek Stingley Jr. Four to the Jets. Back to quarterbacks. The first quarterback he has going is Kenny Pickett. Pittsburgh quarterback to the Steelers with the 12th pick overall. At 13, Washington would select, in his mind, Matt Corral. 
Ole Miss. Malik Willis, the Liberty quarterback, the Broncos with the 17th pick. At 19, he has your New Orleans Saints selecting Desmond Ritter, quarterback, Cincinnati. Sam Howell, the quarterback from North Carolina, would then go to the Lions with the 25th pick overall. Todd McShay also touching on, look, there's a lot of talk about Daniel Jones. Is he done with the Giants? Should they move on? He had this to say about that specifically. With veteran quarterbacks, elite veteran quarterbacks, potentially being on the market, you know, with Aaron Rodgers and his situation in Green Bay, Deshaun Watson and the off-the-field issues and situation in Houston, and Russell Wilson in Seattle, does this become trade capital, if you will, uh, to, to give away these picks, picks five and seven as it currently stands, to go get one of these elite quarterbacks that you know immediately provides a, an instant impact and an instant upgrade over, over Daniel Jones. So that has, has to come into consideration with the Giants. I think it's in consideration for the Lions, who have picks one and 25 in the first, even the Eagles, who are, have three picks between 10 and 20 in the first round in this year's draft as it currently stands. So any of those teams that could be looking to upgrade quarterback with multiple picks in the first round, it'll be interesting to see how you know it shakes out with the veterans, like I mentioned, Rodgers, Wilson, and Watson. I'm bringing this up because, of course, I think a lot of us here in New Orleans fans may have been saying, hey, look, next season, we don't know who the starting quarterback is for the Saints. You can make a case and argument for the following four different ways, right? You see if Aaron Rodgers is available, you try for him. I mean, there were reports that Tom was considering New Orleans and would have gone here if Drew Brees would have retired. Can you convince Aaron Rodgers to come here? Does he still want to leave? Russell Wilson's an option. Saints were a team as agent listed as one that he would like to waive the no trade clause to. Again, though, as with those two, specifically Fletcher Mackel saying in our conversation back at 115, and he's right on this, it's going to hurt a lot. You're going to be giving up players and picks. In his mind, as he's saying, somebody told him, hey, think of three first and either Lattimore and Kamara and Michael Thomas and Ramchak. So three picks and one of those elite players. Are you willing to do that? And I'm wondering if the team starting 5-2 and two is just average quarterback play, managing this offense with the Saints defense and the players they have without receivers and being 5-2, and two, I wonder if maybe you think differently if you're the Saints. Beginning of the season, and at some point when you saw that offense go their way, yeah, man, give me everything. Trade it all. Problem is, if I got to get rid of some of my young players or top players, are you still the same team? And I only bring that up because I quickly want to play this. And it's something that was brought up by Dan Graziano. What about Derek Carr? He thinks he's done. This is the last month with the Raiders for him. Pittsburgh makes some sense. Look, I mean, here's the thing. You look at it like not everyone's going to get Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. So if you're the Carolina Panthers and you strike out on those guys, you know, Pittsburgh makes some sense. You know, Houston's going to need somebody. Uh, the Giants are going to need some. You know, there's all kinds of, of teams. And and look, if Russell Wilson is gone, Seattle's going to need somebody. The, mm. the field is this. This is we're going to be sitting here in February and March talking about this pretty much every day. Only reason I bring that up: Tom Brady leads the league in passing yards, four four thousand one hundred and thirty-four. Derek Carr is next, three thousand nine hundred and twenty-six. He has 18 TDs, 10 interceptions. Would that be somebody you'd be willing to try to have your quarterback next year? I don't know. We can discuss that a little bit more. Matt Moscone, and after further review, though, it is his turn. Thank you for tuning us in tomorrow. Hump day. We'll chat with you again at noon. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you for tuning us in. It's the Sports Hangover on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. What